welcome to this very special Amazing Race 29 episode of You Are Team Number, the Amazing Race podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me, as ever, is our very own 200-pound Canadian monster, Logan Saunders. Afternoon. And I'm very pleased to say that joining us today is the only man ever to pick both of us up, Scott Flannery. Howdy! Howdy. You are. You do officially have that title. You're the only person ever to pick both of us up, I think. Really? And I love that there's a photo evidence. Yeah, there's, there's photographic evidence of both of us being picked up. I was much more sober than Logan was. <laughs> but you both were warm-spirited. How about that? Yes. And also, who made more of an effort to come and meet you guys? Just putting it out there. Logan went as part of a trip to the Survivor finale as well. No, that was just before the Amazing Race finale. Survivor finale was the year before, Michael. Oh, yeah, it was on that. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. I was about to say, he, he flew to me, I had to fly to you. So, who put forth more effort? But also, Scott, who provided a present? <laughs> a present that I promptly left behind and you went and re-got for me. Yeah, that think. may have been discussed with Brooke. <laughs> oh god <laughs> talking oh, about you being ungrateful <laughs> i'm not ungrateful i'm excited <laughs> i'm like a labrador retriever who just goes everywhere and like bumps into things at least i remembered <laughs> before like i'd gone back to my hotel that was sweet of you thank you i have to go above and beyond for you <laughs> so how's life been since the race finished airing well i mean basically i'm i'm noticed every day in the world um, everyone wants my photograph. I'm going to be on the next Survivor. You know, things just don't stop when you get back to real world. Let's be honest. You should be on Survivor. <laughs> I may have tweeted to Jeff Probst and said, I'm tired of this waiting game that we're playing. Let's go. Uh, that is the only true statement I said in the past two seconds. I <laughs> know life is back to normal. Um, I have a beard now, so a lot of people... Um, who do recognize me are like looking questionably like I think I know you so it's kind of it's kind of funny um, they mistake you for uh, Rado oh <laughs> it's not that bearded just yet although we could be brothers now for sure were you inspired by Redmond uh well this is not a secret to uh, Redmond or anyone Redmond was my crush on the race uh and yes his beard inspired me to Grow my own. So my beard is actually the exact same as his was on the race. But I live in, I, I moved to Seattle since the race. And so, I mean, they, I kind of had to fit in somehow. You know, beards are, are all the thing up here. So that is true. Once you go from Seattle northwards, beards are increasingly popular. Yes. Yes. And wouldn't it be a shame if someone flew to Seattle and then you flew out, you flew away at that time? Right. <laughs> You're avoiding me, Scott. Uh, basically, I heard you were coming, and I booked a work trip. Yeah, I heard. Just kidding. Work is in quotations. <laughs> in fact, I talk about I talked about Redmond's beard in the casting process because in our season, you know, we were strangers, and we did see others in the casting process, and we were encouraged to talk about each other, um, good, bad, and indifferent. And Redmond was always in my like three. I always wanted to partner with. Um, I actually clocked him for being, uh, for only having one leg because in casting, he was wearing long pants the whole time. But I was like, this guy is cute. He's probably straight. He looks military, um, but he looks friendly and he's pretty sporty. So I'm just going to attach myself to him whenever we're allowed. So every time we had to like go in the hallway as a group 
or like sit in the lobby of the hotel that we were sequestered in. I would always be near him. And, <laughs> and one time his, his jeans leg came up just a little bit and I saw the, the prosthetic and I was like, oh my God, even better. I'm using this in my next interview. So when, we, when I went for my next interview, I said, well, I want the one leg brawny paper towel guy. And they were like, how do you know he only has one leg? And I go, I'm the smartest person you have here. And it was just, it was just amazing to be able to say that. And then after I clocked him, they allowed him to wear shorts. So everyone else was like, oh, here he goes. I just love how you sort of had this reputation throughout your season of being far too social for your own good sometimes. <laughs> and like knowing everything about everyone. That's <laughs> I'm not at all surprised that you were the first to clock Reverend. I mean, that I, I tell you, being social is, well, I guess part of who I am. But in that environment, uh, yeah, I think fans know that I'm a super fan of all three CBS reality shows. And so I've been studying them. And I know that a social game nine times out of ten is going to get you way further in any of them than being smart or physical, um, even though I thought I had both. <laughs> so I, when I was given this chance to really uh, – get close to the cast, you know, final casting process. And then eventually on the show, I was going to really lean into my social skills more than anything else. And how many times did you apply? For The Amazing Race, one, this was my only time. Seriously? They just, they just found you. No, no one found me. I liked it. I literally applied through the website. I was the only one my season to apply as a single through the website. Because Brooke applied four times, she said, with different people. Yes. Um, I'd say half, half-ish half of our cast what had previously applied with someone else for previous seasons. Half of the cast were recruits. And then I was a direct applicant to 29. And I'll say that I've applied to Big Brother, God, five, six times. I was a finalist twice. Um, I, I My first season I was almost on, I was at the very end of casting, uh, was Rachel Riley's first season, season 12. Uh, I know that would have been amazing to be on that season, but uh, that didn't work out. And then Survivor, I was a pseudo finalist for Blood versus Water because the casting director of our season of The Amazing Race was one of the head casting folks for that season of Survivor. And he knew I... I guess had a personality for TV and also knew my mom might be interested. So we were, we were invited directly to finals week for that, but we ended up not going because my mom got nervous and pulled out of the process. <laughs> See, we wanted the team of Scott, of Scott and Karen. That's what I know. Oh, you remember her name. That's oh, adorable. Straight, I do. Yes. Yeah. She, <laughs> Karen, love her. We didn't talk for a month. I was so mad. <laughs> Um, because they wanted a gay son and, and his mother, and then our edit or character or whatever you want to say was, um, I was going to cut my mom out as soon as possible, but she was going to do whatever it took to keep me in the game. Oh, So like in our separate, but I told her I was saying that. I mean, cause she's like super innocent and cute. And like, you would think she has no idea I'm saying this behind her back, but she had every ounce of knowledge that I was. So in her interview, she's like, I love my son with all my heart. This is his game to win. I would sacrifice myself. On the flip side, in my in my solo interviews, I'm like, she doesn't even want to be here. I'm voting her out day one. I don't need this extra baggage. You know, blah, blah, blah. Brutal. <laughs> uh, it got it's us, like the it got Macaulay us. Culkin. 
I know. <laughs> I should say I love my mom with all my heart. She's my best friend. So that was all for TV. <laughs> You just came into finals with a with a ready made casting character already, just knowing exactly what you wanted, <laughs> and it was shockingly what they wanted. So there you go. But when I when I auditioned for race, I definitely just was myself. And um, when I I realized what because you know what they're sort of going to highlight you as. There's about three attributes, and you become boiled down to those three things. And so they just want you to say those three things over and over and over and over. Um, and once I realized what they wanted from me, I'm like, oh, well, those are all things that are true. So here we go. What were those three attributes? Uh, well, I graduated from Harvard. Uh, so they wanted me to say I was the smartest guy in the room. Uh, fun fact, when I was a finalist for Big Brother, they asked me if I was the smartest guy in the room. And I said, well, I don't think that's a fair statement. I feel like everyone here has, you know, is pretty smart. And, and I go into this long-winded, stupid, boring answer. And I was cut the next day. So I'm not even kidding. From that interview i've been like if i'm ever up for tv again and they ask me if i'm the smartest guy in the room i'm gonna say yes so in amazing race casting they go so i believe you're smart right you went to harvard i go i'm the smartest guy in this room and like i just went into this whole like quick response about how i was smarter than all of them according to test scores iq scores blah blah which i don't even know were true but i just went for it and i was like top of my class at harvard blah 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 and they're like oh okay didn't the whole Harvard thing get you on a quiz show as well? It did. <laughs> um, I don't believe I was on a quiz show. I was on a dating show, if that is equitable to you. Wasn't the Howie Mandel one? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I've milked that Harvard degree. I tell you, I think I'm the only person who's graduated from there that used it for TV rather than a career. Because <laughs> I could just say, right. <laughs> I'm like, did you know I graduated from Harvard? When in my normal life, I don't ever bring it up. It's just, I know that that already sets you apart in a casting process. So it's like, why not use it, right? Um, yes, I was on a Howie Mandel game show. <laughs> it was only six episodes long called Take It All. Uh, and I was in episode six because, you know, I'm on the most dramatic one. And uh, fun fact, so in that casting process, you're actually in this like trailer on the studio lot and you play uh, White Elephant, which for those who don't know is like, let's say there's five of us at a holiday party and there's five gifts and you, you, the first person picks one and the second person can either steal that one or pick a new gift unwrapped or wrapped. Uh, and so the idea was with, I think it was like six contestants, uh, four rounds, four people get out to the person with the cheapest prize. And then the final two people, uh, have the prisoner's dilemma of getting presented with up to $2 million dollars they confer with each other and they either elect to take it all or keep what's mine. And if they both select take it all, they both go home with nothing. If they both say keep what's mine, they actually keep what's mine. But if one person says take it all, they get everything from that show on that day. Oh, like friend or foe. Exactly. It was just like friend or foe. Yep. And so uh, when I auditioned, um, I was there and I just, I've been in enough of these auditions to know when you're in like the crowd of people that are auditioning, don't show your hand. So like I never talk to people when I'm at Big Brother auditions. I never talk to people when I'm at this Take It All trailer. Um, they're all like trying to, oh my god, this is so fun! Da, 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 da. And I'm like, mm -mm. no, I'm not showing you anything about who I am or what I'm about to do. And <laughs> we'll get we were putting these random contestant you know groupings, and then I would just open with, uh, you know, oh my gosh, I was raised by a single mother whose husband died in the war. 
and, and my brother is ill and I just run, you know, win just a little bit of winnings to make sure that my mom is set up for all that she's done for me and my sister. I don't have a sister and this, that, and the other. And every single time I had to play the game three times, every single time I made it to the final two and every single time I took it all alone. So I won it every time. And one time, fun fact, Karen, my mother, was there. She was visiting L.A., and she had to actually sit in the audience while I was making up these lies. And I told her before we walked in, I go, everyone in casting knows I'm lying. No one who's auditioning knows I'm lying. So when if anyone clocks that you're my actual mom and you're giving facial expressions, like, just, just don't, right? And she's like, okay. So she sits there. I'm, like, lying in front of my mother. It feels very weird. Um, and I get cast on the show. I was like, great. Okay, so now I just have to do this on TV <laughs> to win $2 million. This is why you really would be great on Survivor. <laughs> I, I love how, I, I really enjoy these stories and these experiences, but I, I sometimes I wear, I get nervous that listeners or viewers are like, this guy's nuts. And I go, no, like in my normal life, I'm not, I, not, I don't do this stuff. I just realized television is a source of entertainment and they are looking for entertainment so i'm gonna give it to you it's like it's like being yourself but elevated yeah it's a heightened version of yourself totally and i'm kind of along for the joke like i know that you are going to edit me heightened anyway so i might as well just go there with you right and so just in the end i make it on the show and i'm (laughs) i'm the first one out (laughs) so i'm the first one out and what was what was kind of nice is the casting director was backstage and I'm walking off and he's like, Oh my God, that was not supposed to happen. And I go, what? And he goes, no, like we, (laughs) we cast this episode because we wanted you to make the final two and do your thing. And I was like, Oh, well, sorry. And uh, cause it is kind of a game of chance up to that point. And, um, but what was nice is he called me immediately to be, on the show without auditioning for Who Done It. If you remember that one season, uh, yeah, do we remember it? I think we spent about three months doing impressions of Giles. Oh, did you? <laughs> we love Who Done It. Congratulations, Lindsay! Congratulations, Cam! <laughs> I'm a bit tied up at the moment. Oh my god, that is such a good show. They should bring that back. But yeah, I was uh, originally cast for that, but I had to pull out because I got a new job. The not even joking, first day was the first day of filming, and I couldn't not go to my job. So, do you know who replaced John Who Done It? No, I have always wondered that. I was like, well, there's no gay person, so it wasn't like an alternate gay. Well, and here's the other thing: they were like, "We're so sorry, you can't be on it. Would you like to? Can you come for filming on one day only?" And so I was going to be the first person killed, and. Because if you notice, that contestant actually was cast knowing they were going to be killed first. Like, they have no shot at the prize. Uh, And it was someone in my situation where they could only be filmed for one day. So that's how that person got cast. I actually know who who replaced you, I think. Because in the back of my mind, I think Cam was uh, was an alternate. Get out. I seem to remember him telling the story that he was an alternate and only got on right at the end. Oh, well, there you go. That's nice to know he's my alternate. You would have won. You would have been the one feuding with Dana and Sasha. (laughs) If I have to be very blunt, though, you know, all of these experiences have been tremendously awesome because I find joy in in games and strategy. But Amazing Race definitely, hands down, was the best experience I could ever have. And I know that I probably peaked with that. I'm not hoping for anything else. 
But if anything else happens, I'm definitely there. Let's be honest. Survivor is more likely than uh, Big Brother, I would say, at this point. Survivor would be amazing. Survivor would be fun. I have to bone to pick with Survivor. So before I get to that, because I I had a feeling you would want to talk about that. Just Big Brother. I feel like Big Brother, every time it comes on, I get so excited because I am one of those viewers who just loves to watch it three days a week. But I, I watch it and I go, oh my God, I would get so bored and annoyed with these people. When you actually think about three months, like 99 days with these people. And if you don't win... You don't really get any money. Like second place is something like forty grand or something, and then that's taxed half. So I'm only making twenty thousand dollars for putting my entire life on TV for three months. Like I don't, I don't know if that's really worth it to me. And that's how I talk myself out of it every year now. I'm like, eh, I don't really want to do it. <laughs> like I want to do it, but I don't want to do it. I remember when we were chatting in London that you were properly into like the first couple of weeks of last year's Big Brother. Oh yes. <laughs> and how you rolled your eyes at me for saying that Cameron uh, was hard done by. Yeah, exactly. I actually texted um, our casting director from Race because he works on um, a Big Brother as well. And I was like, so I know they're doing a crossover for next season's race. Do you think they want an Amazing Race winner on the Big Brother house this summer? And he was like, oh, that's a really good idea. You should record your audition video. Bitch, I'm not recording an audition video. I just won a CBS reality television show a year ago. If Jeff and Jackie can get on with no auditions, you can. No, but this is what I always like. I like tell that story in hopes that people are laughing because this is literally I have applied from scratch every single year. I've applied to one of these shows. Not one time have I ever been called directly from a candidate pool or whatever, a pool, except for whodunit, which doesn't really count. And it's like... people assume everyone's recruited. I'm like, no, like even I was asked to make a video for big brother. Like what? And it's funny because Janelle and I got to know each other uh, at a charity event last year and I knew she was going on race. And so I'm like, Oh, I'm so excited for you. This set and the other, she's like, well, you know, they just asked me and they just, they thought I, I should do this. And I'm like, bitch, I just asked to get on big brother and they made me do a video. And she just started laughing. I'm like, that's the difference between the shows. Big Brother and Survivor are like the darlings of CBS, and Amazing Race is the afterthought. It's the redheaded stepchild. Haha, <laughs> no pun intended. No, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel that way. I, I, I know that viewers, I think, love race more intimately, but I think when it comes down to viewership and ad dollars, it's the, the least of the three. Anyway, you put off talking about Survivor there. We want Flannery on Survivor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Survivor, and I don't know if maybe it's because I've been to Oz and I pulled the camera or the, the curtain aside and I know what the wizard looks like, um, but I, I feel like it's super produced nowadays. For the past two to three seasons, it's just, you know who the final four to five are based on edit in the first two episodes. And for those viewers who are like, no, you can't, I go, literally, who are the people who are talking to the camera narrating what's going on? Those are the four people. Mm-hmm. And it just, except for maybe like one wild card, like Michael in the last season, who, let's be real, got tons of camera time because he's super hot. He did have like one dramatic, you know, lie that he had going on. But like the camera loves him. So of course he'll get time. But take him out of it. Like it was really just the final five speaking. And it's, I just. I, and Jacob. Oh, and Jacob. Yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> I. I just take to task these producers. I go, I know you're trying to create compelling stories. I know it's about viewership and Survivor has outdone itself so many times. So there's this pressure to really deliver a 
plot and you know strategy and like shocking moments. But I think there's something nice in in just really going back to basics and saying, here are 16 to 20 Americans who literally come from different backgrounds. Fuck it, just put 20 people who have never seen the show. That would still be really dramatic because they have no idea how to even look for an idol or play one. I mean, you'll get the same result, I feel, if you if you really just let it breathe. Like season 10 of American Big Brother, when they went back to literal basics. No twist, all new cast. Best season. It's so refreshing for us watching the international survivors at the moment, because they are completely what you're asking for, basically, in terms of, like, back to basics. They have mm-hmm. idols, that's about it. Right, okay. And they just focus on actually telling the story of these people, and for pretty much every international version at the moment, you can get a read on pretty much everyone. There's nobody who's so under-edited like we had with last season of Survivor. Right. And I feel it's... I like that as a viewer, and I think as a player, it's quite unfortunate, because think about these people who are under-edited. You know, they went through the same casting, the same grueling process to get there, the same, I have to step away from my life. I'm still playing the exact same Survivor game, but because they didn't have something dramatic about their personality or they didn't think ahead to play some strategic play, you know, they get maybe two minutes on episode one, three minutes on episode two, and then they're booted. Remember Chelsea? Like, who was she? She broke the record for most invisible contestant. She even broke, uh, Michael, didn't she break uh, Purple Kelly and uh, Whitney's records? Yeah, and also she won an immunity, and they still didn't show her. Oh, yeah, and she organized the Bradley blindside, and she was also in the left out on a couple of key votes right before she was voted out and still wasn't given any airtime or like immunity was the only reason she survived the episode. (laughs) I mean, think I kind of want to talk to her and just ask her, how does that feel to be under edited? Like nothing you did made TV. The exact opposite of you and Brooke. (laughs) (laughs) You ran the season. Oh my God. Which I have to, (laughs) I mean, as a player, I, I am so, I don't even use this word often, but blessed or humbled or excited that they did choose our story to highlight. But I, I mean, what you saw, none of that was produced. I mean, we definitely, and you two know this because you met us both. I mean, we are definitely what you saw on TV. But even if they chose to highlight another couple, I would like to think that they would still want to explore the dynamics of everyone else. I think that's why season 29 of Amazing Race US is so popular i and i i don't think i'm i'm saying something out of turn here i think a lot of people really like season 29 and i think it's because we got to know uh 22 really interesting people casting how to step up their game and really find people who could hold their own because they didn't know what the configuration was going to be um and it was it was with the exception of unlimited u-turns really a like straightforward season it's just get out there and play your heart out and we were all wanting to do that. So I, I, I think there, there's an example of a recent season of one of these shows where it's like, focus on the people, and naturally, I think, the dramatics and exciting moments will come, rather than producing them, which I think Survivor tends to do. Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, you can't really tell the story of 29 without you and Brooke. There is no airs or graces with either of you, and I know you were kind of jet-lagged when I met you, but like, it was just so much fun to be around you guys, because there's an infectious energy with you i mean brooke and i we do still talk not with regularity but we do um we do get along we see each other at charity events but 
you, you know, it, we do have a lot of similarities and I think it's just, we express them differently, which is something we tried to say in, in a lot of our confessionals. Um, I think Brooke did get super stressed out on the race. I don't think she expected that to happen. And of course, production loved that and ran with it as they should. If I was in the editing bay and I saw Brooke doing what she did, I would of course highlight all of those moments. It's so exciting for the viewer. It causes a reaction. It doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. That's the whole point of TV is to cause this response in you that keeps you entertained in some fashion. And for those viewers who are like, I hated her, I go, great. Okay, you hated this way she per- she was perceived on TV that got you watching. Did you enjoy that? Great. That is not who she is as a person, though. That's the only thing that I think the general public forgets. She's not relentlessly negative in real life. And I mean, we had a no. lot of her. <laughs> exactly. And I'm sure it will show through when, when people listen to your podcast. And I don't think Shamir just punches windows in real life, too. I, I have a feeling that's a bit more uh, heightened as well. <laughs> Hey, no pun intended with heightened. Ha ha. I don't cry every time I am at the top of a mountain. Talking of heights, Scott. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which, thank you for still using my scream in the intro. <laughs> Whenever anyone says, why are you still using the Scott Screamix version of the theme? I answer, because it slightly annoys Scott and it still makes me laugh. And until <laughs> it stops making me laugh, it's staying. <laughs> No, I actually get a lot of joy out of the fact that you still use that. <laughs> it just fits so perfectly. I can't help it. It does. It does. And it makes me think about like one of the most pivotal moments of one of the most meaningful experiences of my life. I mean, that that jump. And more importantly, one of the funniest episodes of Amazing Race ever. Oh, my God. I actually watch episode nine um, every so often just to... Just to, you know, remember what the race was like. And I tell you, that was very difficult playing. But watching it, I'm like, this is really good TV. (laughs) It's hands down my favorite episode of Amazing Race in years. It's just wall-to-wall hilarity, not just because of you guys. But starting with, obviously, the bungee jump is hilarious. We all knew it was coming from the previews. And it just improved upon every impression i ever had of it coming in then then we move on to vietnam where vietnam never has a bad leg ever and then we have the all-time great meltdown from you guys anyway then we have tara and joey just being pissy anyway (laughs) and joey dying at the end (laughs) first time he passes out for reasons completely unrelated to alcohol Right. <laughs> exactly. And you had Lolo getting a little minor edit. Don't leave them out. <laughs> they actually like confronted us. Not cool, guys. All right, London. Who said you guys could speak? <laughs> yeah, London's one line of the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. What's funny is in that moment in real life, I was like super pissed at her for saying that. And I knew in that moment, I was like, this exact moment is going on TV. I can feel it because I could feel myself brewing. And we knew they were going to edit us as an alliance together because what we were and how that was like the moment it starts to crumble or or whatnot. (laughs) And I was just like, fuck you, London. Why are you stirring up all this drama? Now they're just going to, you know, and in my head. And I think that's what attributed some of the blow up to. So Logan actually lives in Seattle now, too, with Sarah. He and Sarah are still dating. And uh, I saw them for the 4th of July and he's just, he's so chill. Now that I know him as a person outside the show, I'm like, 
Yeah, his edit is 100% true. Like, he is exactly that. He's going to be quiet. He's going to say something, like, bro-y funny. He's going to be, like, super sweet. And then, then, then he's going back to be quiet. <laughs> I'm amazed by how tall he is in person. Yeah, he's taller he's in person. taller than Michael. Uh, yeah, Logan was the tallest. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's close between me and him. I'm not sure who's taller. You guys would know better than I would anyway. <laughs> I think he's taller than you, barely. Yeah. So if you would have got first pick at the start line, would you still have picked Brooke? Oh my gosh, people ask me this question all the time. I uh, Brooke was always in my top three, yes. Brooke was, in my, was my first pick going through casting. Um, Redmond and Jesse were my other two. And um, it's hard to talk about this because I don't, I mean, Brooke and I have talked about it, so I don't think she, she knows Redmond was my other like top pick. So I don't think this is going to be any news to anybody, but I, but anyone on that start line, I mean, we've talked about this numerous times in that we think the 11 couples that were formed, even Vank and Ashton were like perfect. I mean, it was exactly the way it needed to be. So it's kind of funny to even think about an alternate reality of, of, what another mix would be. I mean, if I had chosen Redmond, that means Matt would have freed him, or I would have freed Matt up for, I don't know, another guy. So maybe he would have chosen Seth if Seth was still available. Uh, you know, it would have been a cascading effect because um, I know Matt wanted a guy. Um, in the end, it was kind of nice that Matt chose Redmond because then I was like, well, I, well, great. Now in my mind, I don't have a choice. Like I'm going for Brooke. I mean, Jesse was still a, a selection for me, but. I felt this kind of connection with Brooke, even though we've never spoken. And I don't know. I just felt like it was right. It felt right. And given that we've, we've mentioned the whole bungee jump thing as well, why didn't you guys get the fast forward? It would have been the best. Oh, my God. I, you know, you don't know what the tasks are. And I say that because I know people are like, you knew the fast forward required a helicopter. However, we just thought the helicopter was moving us to somewhere else. I didn't know it was going to be jump out of it. So uh, <laughs> I know we were right there. We honestly were as close as it looks on TV. Um, Brooke was still eating her fish. And that's when Team Fun got in front of us. And I like we were going to go for it. But Team Fun beat us there. It's as simple as that. So a, fi- a fish stopped you from the from the, a great TV moment. <laughs> That's right. Can you imagine if, with the exception of that, just reverse it, that Team Fun had to run the leg and then we we actually got the fast forward and everything else stayed the same, including the bungee jump. Can you imagine them going, literally Scott had to die on The Amazing Race to get where he is today. Like that. that's the epitome. <laughs> They really wanted to make up for the whodunit uh, experience. <laughs> I mean, you're more likely to die on the amazing race than you were on whodunit. On whodunit, that's true. I mean, I I don't know how I would feel because I haven't uh, skydived before, but I'm more open to doing that than bungee jumping. And I think it's because in skydiving, you're you're like so far up, you're like in tandem with a professional, you're clearly going to be fine, and you've got all this time to to like breathe and just close your eyes and just float down whereas the bungee jump you're like diving into the earth while it's not moving hoping that by yourself hoping that this thing doesn't snap like i swear every time i watch episode nine my palms get sweaty and i just i go i i literally do not want to do that ever again even if i'm on the race again i mean i will but you'll get waterworks again have you ever done the scream while watching it 
<laughs> I haven't the screamed. Coach, like, like PTSD <laughs> of some sort. It really like watching the whole. I think the edit of that is is extraordinary, and I'm not saying because it's me. I, I think the edit building, like when Tara is scared of it too, and Matt is joking about how I'm going to react. Like the build up itself, and then me in the taxi, like closing my eyes, wishing it's not bungee jumping. Like all of that. I think me. Oh my god, me talking about it. I have sweaty palms. Like it just. It's great because that's exactly how it felt in real life. You're like, you know, it's coming. You know, it's coming. You guys in the taxi, both being massive race fans, knowing you're going to the Corinth Canal, there's only one task that's ever been done there before. You know what it's going to be, and you know it's you doing it. And you're just like, please, God, don't let it be bungee jumping. Please don't let it be bungee jumping. Brooke opens the clue, and she's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> please let me the travelocity gnome that does the bungee jump, and we just walk to the bottom and retrieve him. <laughs> right, exactly. And then the all-time iconic line of, why do I get all the fucking heights once? <laughs> I'm so pleased you find that to be iconic. <laughs> Which, can I find out, would have been even better if you'd done the skydive as well. Oh my god. Can you imagine? I have no idea how I would have reacted. I, I will say, when, um, when you're going to go on a challenge that requires you to be further away from your camera crew, they change your mic pack. Um, and they try... I see that now that I've lived it, I'm like, okay, they do it early enough to where you might forget that they did that. <laughs> like, for example, when we were in the airport heading towards Brazil, they put in our, our new mic packs. And I'm like, wait, what is this? And they go, it's for it's so you can be further away from us. Like, there might you might have to, to do that. Like, they, they don't try to explain themselves. And I go, are we bungee jumping? Are we bungee? Are we, are we jumping out of a plane? And, like, literally I'm in the airport, like, hyperventilating. And they're like, we can't tell you what we're doing. Like, calm down. And it's funny because um, there's, I think there's actually a photo of us. Someone took a photo of our cast when we were in the airport headed to Brazil. And so you could see that most of the cast was together. And so that's when everyone found out I was so afraid of heights because I was literally shaking and, yeah, and about to cry because I thought we were all about to do some sort of whatever. I just picture so you <laughs> the producer by the collar saying, are we doing bungee jumping? Tell me. Tell me now. <laughs> And then come to find out it was it was the window washing, which is equally terrifying. So, uh, there it was. I've got to ask, in your bio, you have some great quotes, the best of which is that you don't want somebody who has the words I can't in your vocabulary. <laughs> you know what I'm going to ask, Scott. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> was that deliberately put in afterwards? No. <laughs> I think you all know this, or even if you don't, maybe some of the listeners don't. We actually write our bios after filming, um, at least our season did, uh, which is interesting because you answer those exact questions in your application. And as a fan, I thought these are the answers people put on their applications. And then CBS was like, great, we'll just move these over to the website. They, they remind you what you wrote, but you are allowed to edit. And so I, I find that very funny that it's written in there. And people ask this question because Brooke does say I can't or, or whatnot. And I, what I did was I kept my bio pretty much the same. Mine was pretty much what I wrote when I applied um, with a few tweaks. And I, I told Brooke that. I was like, well, I sort of wrote these things. And, like, people might think I'm jabbing at you, but I'm not. I mean, I shared it with her. She read it before it was posted. Uh, anyway, no, it was not a jab to her. 
Because when we mentioned this to Brooke, she was like, I think Scott put that in deliberately, but you'll have to get permission to him to keep this in the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, and she was super sweet. She sent me her bio to make sure I liked it. And I was like, no, you're fine. You can can even write, I hate redheads. I don't care. Didn't she say that her ideal partner was a uh, redheaded gay man who will carry her pack? I think that's what she said. She actually did add in the who will carry my pack uh, after filming. So, because because <laughs> she wanted that to be cute. <laughs> I love you guys together. Oh, uh, I miss her. Well, I get to see her in like a month. Actually, a month from today. So, I guess when this is released, I might have seen her already. I'm excited. Are you traveling together again or are you just meeting up? No, we're going to Hearts of Reality. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And we're going, um, interestingly, separate this year because she's going with her boyfriend, Blair. <gasps> They're dating? What? Wait, is this not knowledge? Yes, of course it is. <laughs> we're just joking. <laughs> oh, I hate you both so much. I thought I just like had breaking news and it was not my place to tell it. Oh speaking yeah. Speaking of <laughs> Speaking of breaking news, Scott, um this is a question we've asked ever since Justin and Diana's pregnancy announcement. And the question oh, okay. is, are you pregnant? I am not. <gasps> you are not the father. I am not the father. I actually do not want kids, so my answer will permanently be no. So you can permanent no. That's the strongest permanent answer no. we've had yet. There you go. Even my parents know that that is a fact. Ever since I was a child, I'm like, I don't want kids. They're annoying. Now that I'm getting older, maybe my ovaries are crying a little bit, so who knows? But <laughs> it's been no my whole life. <laughs> yes, I love being how- <laughs> ovaries. Yes, I have ovaries. I love how uh, I was talking with Justin um, when, okay, so you all think I have a social game. The one story I did not tell is that when I found out this was going to be a reality clash, it was when I knew my friends from Big Brother, my friends from Race, everyone was getting contacted. So I decided to do a little whodunit on my own. And I started just asking everyone that I was connected to. I was literally... I am in calling people. Were you contacted? Because I just wanted to know as a fan. And I, I, I am Justin. And I was like, Justin, are you, have you been called to go on the next race? He's like, well, I can't say. I go, so that means yes. Because the people who say I can't say are a yes. So that means you're at least a finalist. And he goes, well, I have a big announcement coming out. I go, Diana's pregnant. He goes, well, I can't tell you. I go, I know everything about everyone. And then come to find out that was the announcement. And then he, he says it's that's the reason they didn't go on the race, but I'll leave that out there. So how many people in the cast did you actually find out about? I knew all the Big Brother couples. I knew all the race, all but Colin and Christy racers. And I knew one of the Survivor couples. So I would say, what is that, 75% of the cast? Um, and then I knew a few more who were... Thank you, 77. I, uh, I knew who were also finalists slash alternates. So it would they did a good job. I mean, I'm, I'm mad they didn't ask me. I'm not going to lie. Especially that mashup. Like, those are my three shows. I would know every single person I was playing against. A third of you being on each team. Yeah, I would have been, like, the third member of all the teams and then the second member of my own. I'm like, I know you. I'm a fan of yours. Let's go, Kiki. And then I would push him off the ledge, and then I would win. That's how it would have played out. Can you imagine you winning again by just having a, a stellar social game and just dominating everyone? <laughs> just convincing everyone to do your dirty work? Well, 
I, I know that that was kind of a joke question, but seriously, that would have been the probably only moment where I would have won the show a second time because I literally know all of them, at least their edits on TV and then some of them from real life. So I'm like, I know exactly how you play. I know exactly, you know, what lie you're going to tell. And let's be real. People are not able to change their personalities, myself included, that much. So even if you're like, I'm going to have a different strategy, you're really not. Like, your cards have been shown. So, you know, the only – this whole, like, winners can't race again, get out of my face. I feel like winners should be able to race. You, you chant it and Joyce. I'll say it every time people say that. They came back. But people complain about they don't want winners from race, but we have Big Brother winners about to appear on season 31. So, like, why are they allowed to race? That doesn't make sense to me. And also, more importantly, I think you and Brooke would have a good chance of winning again because everyone would underestimate you. I would say that's somewhat true. Um, it depends on who who is in the cast, like people who are super fans. They might be like, I don't want a winner to win. But if it's newbies, which they usually cast half of the time, um, you know, we could really... Prey on them. <laughs> I genuinely don't think that people would be that threatened by you guys because they'll think, oh, those guys will just melt down, they'll go out early, and you'll just be in the background manipulating everyone. Right. <laughs> Which is kind of what happened in our first season. I mean, I feel like, you know, it, we, as you just said, we come across in real life as we do on TV. So it's, we will have those meltdowns again, and people will just be like, Ugh, that's ridiculous. And, and then they'll forget that we're really good at the actual tasks. It's just getting places that's a mess. And, you know, I did come up with a second strategy. I told Brooke when I knew these finals calls were going out, I'm like, okay, if we're called, like I have a whole new strategy just in case. I mean, in reality, I'm playing the exact same game, but um, in an alternate reality, meaning casting, I'm going to come up with a whole new strategy. So I have that ready to go whenever they are ready to have a winner's edition. And, you know, bring back the, the hot messes and great winners. <laughs> whenever they're ready and i'll even make my own express pass this time a real one a real one <laughs> i don't know about you all the fake one? <laughs> i have to tell you i find it extremely hilarious when i see was that episode five i think where i really get after her about it i find it so funny even today and they, I think they only sh- show me sharing, uh, saying it like five times. And I, I swear I said it like 20. I was like, I have it. It's right here. This is, I would like pull out a sheet of my notebook paper. I'm like, here it is. Uh, so I think when I'm sequestered, if I'm ever on the race again, and I actually don't have the express pass, so there's a lot of ifs, I'm going to draw one on my notebook and like find a laminator in my sequester hotel, make it happen. And then just like randomly show it to her. Be like, look what I have. Look what I have. So, Scott, you're saying you're going to be in the business of counterfeit express passes on The Amazing Race. No one's done it. I think someone's got to. They always have these stupid immunity idols everywhere. Why can't we have express passes everywhere? Probably the ones from Amazing Race Canada with their triple express passes that they love to do now. (laughs) Too much of a good thing is not a good thing, I would say. So if there was an all-winner season, who would you want to see back other than yourselves and Brooke? Oh, gosh. Okay, so we should come back, obviously. Um, I would love to play against Tyler and Laura from season 26 because they are actually one of my favorite winners ever. I met um, Laura through, you know, just being associated with the race. She's super sweet. 
Um, Tyler has distanced himself from the race. I didn't really, I haven't really met him yet, but I hope he's the same as he is on TV. Didn't Laura uh, accost you at one of the finale parties, Logan? <laughs> uh, Did you yeah. hear that from me? <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> we got along well the rest of the night, but she's like, you guys said some things about us. I'm like, we also said some things about Jeff and Jackie, but that's not the issue right now, is it? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I don't think we were that far from the truth with Jeff and Jackie. Um, I don't know, Dave and Connor. I mean, won't Dave be dead? I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, Ernie and Cindy would be super fun to race against since I became friends with them, since we ran into them literally in our season um cindy became one of my like sounding boards because she obviously knew that we won and she was one of the very few people i could talk to kind of behind the scenes while we waited you know 13 years for it to air uh so it'd be fun to race against them if you beat ernie and cindy will they have to give you a hot dog then yes and i want it seattle style Seattle style. What, what oh, would yeah. that be like? Vegan, vegan or something? It's, no, it's full beef, but it has like cream cheese and sauerkraut. Mm, that does sound Seattle style. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know what? I'm gonna go back into the family edition and get two of the Lynn's brothers because they were hot. I actually became friends with one of them on Facebook when they won because I was, you know, that kid. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna like friend an amazing race winner. Uh, you're in a chat with two people who literally do that all the time. So be very careful, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, but like you all actually have a reason. Like you actually want to get to know us and like you put out a great product. But I'm just like, you were cute on the show. That's it. Which Um, one? Because Tommy's a bit young. (laughs) I think it was Tommy. Yeah, Tommy was 19. Tommy was 19 when he won Family Edition. Um, here, I'm going to type it in, Lintz, because I'm going to go on my Facebook because we're still my friends. And what's funny is he commented on my page, like, when I won, and he's like, how are we friends? And I was like, oh, well, rewind to when you won. And uh, I was like, I thought you were cute. No, it must not be Tommy because it's not coming up. Maybe he's unfriended you. Who are they? Oh, no. Who request those hot lenses? <laughs> oh, I spelled his name wrong. This is how good of a friend we are. It is Tommy. And now, well, now he's still cute. And now he lives in California. That's all I got. More That's Facebook close. friends. I know. We're so close. We should be no friends. No more Cincy. <laughs> uh, and and uh, Yuchen enjoys Chip and Kim. I mean, some of the earlier ones are more exciting for me. Flo and Zach. Oh, my God. Can we get Flo and Brooke together? We literally discussed that with Brooke. We want that to happen. Oh, it should happen. Absolutely. I know Flo never wants to go back ever, but she should. Absolutely. I mean, I, I guess, for those who don't know, I was a super fan of the show since season one, episode one. So I, I've seen all of the seasons. And I have to say that I sort of agree with people when they say I don't want an all-winners edition because not all the winners were very dynamic. And I can agree with that. I agree with it. I hate being chunked into that because I feel like I was dynamic. But then again, that's me. I'm talking about myself. It's about what the viewer actually wants. I mean, I just went, you asked me to list people, and I'm like, digging deep into the first eight seasons rather than recent ones. So, I I mean, Kelsey and Joey and Tyler and Laura are probably the only two winners in the past five seasons that I would want to play against because, well, I'll just leave it at that. And I know Brooke had a couple of of issues, but do you think her most difficult task on the race was keeping you away from floating with everyone? 
<laughs> oh my god, did you all talk about that? Yeah, it came up a few times on the actual episodes, but I believe you had a race boyfriend in every leg. I had a race boyfriend in every leg. That is a very true statement. Um, it, it, I, it's funny how it came up, I think, twice on the actual show in Greece and Italy. Um, I mean, Redmond, they cut a lot of great footage of us bromancing out. There was one uh, where we're skipping to the ferry on the way to Greece that I think made the, the on next time. Uh, you know, Floyd and I, we actually slept together, take that as you will, on the ferry to Greece. Uh, I'm just kidding. We just, you know, curled up Survivor style because it was cold. Um, I mean, I, I would say I flirted with all the boys in the cast, too. Yeah. That's who I was. But what's funny is like that was also a part of my quote unquote character that they might have used um, when I was in finals in front of um, the producers. And when you're in your very uh, final, final interview, you have CBS executives. You usually have Phil there. He wasn't there for season 29. Um, you have the creators of the show, Bert and Elise, um, all of casting. I mean, it's like 30 of like the upper ups at CBS. They get final approval of the cast. And so you're supposed to go in there and do your do your thing. You get four minutes maximum. And one of my quote unquote things, not only was I supposed to be the smartest person in the room, but I was supposed to be this social person who would flirt with guys. And I, I which I, I don't know how that really kind of came up. I think maybe it's because I talked about Redmond in my very first interview and they were like, keep doing that. So that, that happened. There was a, I forget who it was, but there was a, CBS executive who's wearing these like really gay shoes. I mean, they were like pink and neon and I mean, they were what they were. And for some reason I just go, uh, they said something like, are you going to find love on the race? And I was like, I've already found love with this, this man right here. I mean, look at those shoes. And they go, well, do you even know he's gay? I go, anyone who wears those shoes is a huge homosexual. And even if he wasn't, I could turn him in about two minutes. And then uh, because you only get like four minutes, I instantly just changed the subject. But they were just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What? Uh. And it was great. So I was like, OK, slam dunk that one. That was good. They that. <laughs> <laughs> Come to find out he is married with two kids to a woman. So <laughs> yeah, none of these stories shocked me at all. <laughs> but like this is anyone any one of my friends and including my my boyfriend now if, if they're listening to this they they'll be like you know that's actually how he is in real life too i'm just i'm a flirt i think flirting with guys is fun i'm not one of those uh guys who like goes out there and i'm like making it uncomfortable for everyone usually it's in the context of what has happened or you're they're a good friend and it's like a bro joke or you know it's 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 for fun so you are what Jeff Probst thinks poverty is. <laughs> wow, that is quite the compliment. A temptress. Ooh, or a tempter, because I'm a, a gentleman, I guess. Ooh, I like it. Oh, you flatter. It's, it's Scott Flattery. Scott Flattery. <laughs> it has been spelled that way before. <laughs> and just so we're clear, how is it spelled? Oh my God, it's spelled like canary with an FL. People spell it right, though. I used to say it's it's all A's and an N, but then that really confused people. Flander is? <laughs> See? Mm-hmm. It's na-na-na-na-na. <laughs> <laughs> and can you remember what the, the visas that you got for 29 were that they didn't end up using? It's always an interesting question for me, this. 
I love it when you ask that question to everyone else. We actually use all of our visas. We did not have any, yeah, we did not have any ghost visas. Yeah. Budget um, cuts. Budget cuts, yeah, we can't pay for these visas. Yeah. I uh, wanted to comment too that we didn't get any decoy anything. So I, I know online some people are like, oh, they used to run decoy teams. I, on behalf of all of our fans out there, uh, was a super fan behind the show too. So like every time we checked in, I would then go into like stupid fan mode and just ask questions about past seasons and like how production worked and all this other, this, that, and the other. And one of the things I asked about was decoy teams and they don't run them. So what I'm led to believe is anytime, at least in the past, God, 10 seasons, anytime someone has seen a previously eliminated team out, I believe it's because that team is practicing a challenge for the forthcoming episode. Because um, I don't know if people know this, like eliminated teams will go, usually in the finale, will do the tasks in the finale so they know how long they take. Um, so like Seth and Olive drove the race cars. And I forgot another example, but like they did that so they knew like Olive drove once, I think, and Seth drove once. And they were like, okay, so the slow version is this and the fast version is this. So that way they're able to determine what time is appropriate to like cause some drama, but also be obtainable. Oh, cool. You've actually taught us something. Oh, there you go. I find it very fascinating. Because how else do they determine seven seconds for, for stacking cups? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Were there any locations you wanted to go to that didn't come up? Because you went to Italy, like, in your bio, because your family are from there, like everyone else ever says. I know. I know you all find that funny. Um, you know, I had limited overseas experience, only a couple of places in Africa and uh, uh, Nicaragua. So I was really open to anywhere they were sending us. I wanted to go to the more, I guess this sounds stupid. I don't know. I wanted to go to more touristy areas because then I wouldn't have to go back on my own dime. (laughs) So um, from that angle, I think season 29 really hits it on the head because with the exception of really Norway, which is actually my favorite leg, with the exception of Norway, I think we went to like banner cities. Like these are all cities you would want to go to on vacation. So we scored. You did miss one location, though. Um, er, uh, what's the guy's name? Er, uh, Eric Harper's house. <laughs> you mean uh, the musician? Another no, one by like, us. What's the What's the guy from? Damn it! What's his first name? Michael. <laughs> which Which one? Jill the the one with Jillian Michaels and Biggest Loser. Oh, um, oh, Bob Harper. Bob Harper, yeah. Bob Harper, yes. Oh, what about yeah, him? Name. <laughs> you missed going to his house. Oh. Yeah, was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you all know that story. <laughs> Bob and I, yes, we're friends. Or I guess are friends, but yeah, we worked out together in LA. Before he had his his um, medical condition. Yeah, his heart attack. He's good now. And now he lives in New York, I think. So now I'm not missing out. So he wasn't your uh, stunt double on the bungee jump? He wasn't. What was funny is um, I told him, I think I told him I was going on the race because it's it's like family. Like he's well, who is he going to tell? Like he works in the business. Um, and it, it was like the day before I left because I still went to the gym the day before I left. And he goes, honey, you just be yourself and just know that they can't kill you. And I was like, OK, <laughs> good advice from Bob Harper. And at the point where you were stood at the top of the bridge in Greece, you were like, Bitch, they can't kill us. 
Right. <laughs> you know, I, I think I've told this story on my podcast. I'm not sure if I've shared it with you all, but bungee jumping is actually my number one fear. So when it happened, um, well, let me take a step back. When the Amazing Race started in the first like two or three seasons, when they were doing all of these types of tasks, I remember my family used to watch it as a family and we would be like, well, who would do this task and who would do that? And I said, I would literally do anything they asked except bungee jump. And I know that there's like a four hour penalty. So I'd make sure there's a team four hours behind me. And so, <laughs> and so now cut to it's actually happening in real life. And I was up there and I really was up there about half an hour before I actually jumped. And I, I remember going through my head like I can't die on CBS television. Like you just, it just, it will not happen. And if it does happen, what a great way to go out. Like I'll make all the headlines. Amazing race will be canceled. It'll be like a thing. And then I would have like lived for a reason. Right. I'm being kind of funny. It'll just be Scott being the center of attention. Right. (laughs) Which is the way I want to go out. So (laughs) I'm just kidding. So no, when I was up there, I mean, yeah, Brooke would be the Phil bear. <laughs> yeah, so Brooke was helpful in what she was saying, and then that, and then the gentleman who was helping me, he's like, "It's just a mind game." That was true. That really helped when he said that. And then my cameraman, um, Josh, who coincidentally was my cameraman for the window washing challenge when I was crying the first time, um, where I didn't have Brooke or someone else to talk to uh, when I talk about being a Boy Scout and I'm just crying to the camera. There's just Josh, and I was really kind of inconsolable and he was super sweet. I mean, I don't even know if they're allowed to do this, but he was like, he put the camera down for a second. He's like, Scott, I know you're a super fan. This is like the second episode. Just realize like you're here living your dream. Like take it, take a moment, but then like just give it a shot. And just for like, it was something else. I mean, he was just, he has that kind of face, that very warm welcoming face that he was actually one of the reasons I went over the ledge in episode two, but then it was funny that he was there for the bungee jump too. Cause then I look at him and I'm like, Josh, do your thing. And he was like, you're not going to die. <laughs> Josh, like, is your savior. Josh is my savior. And so it's fun to see him on some of the leaked photos on future races. I'm like, Oh, there he is. He's still there. And you just have all the Greek men off the bridge, just cheering your name from Brooke. <laughs> there was actually a crowd gathered of, of non-related individuals that just saw cameras and they were all off to the side. And I'm like, oh my God, there's an audience. And for once, I don't want to be in front of this audience. <laughs> They're going to watch me scream like a child. And we, we did this with Brooke, but we have some quick fire questions for you. Okay. Who's your favorite Backstreet Boy? AJ. Favorite member of NSYNC? <gasps> JC. Who would win in a fight between a baboon and a badger? A badger, because they don't care. What's your favourite kind of olive? All of them. Seth and would would have been a good answer there. <laughs> oh, dang it. Redo. <laughs> What's your go-to karaoke song? I want it that way. Appropriate. We went for Backstreet Boys. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like going really fast. I'm not even thinking. <laughs> what, what else did we ask her? I, I can't remember. Logan. I think that was, then we got hung up on uh, Backstreet Boys for a while. Did you have an imaginary friend as a child? No asterisk. Why the asterisk? So I would, <laughs> I'm going to be very vulnerable for a moment here. I was very lonely as a child. <laughs> I did not know how to make friends uh, when I was younger. True story. I actually went to like a counselor to learn how to make friendships with others when I was in middle school. 
So before middle school, when I was in elementary school and I didn't have that skill set, I used to, um, our house was like two blocks away from my school. So I would just go to the like playground after dinner and just like, whatever, play <laughs> until it was time to go to bed. And I would pretend that I was playing with people from my class. Oh. Because <laughs> I wanted to be their friend, but I didn't know how to do that. And so that's... Uh, that is my imaginary friend, I guess, sort of. <laughs> when was the last time you cried? <laughs> oh, God. Rick received all the same questions, and she actually answered all of them. <laughs> Yesterday. Why? <laughs> what movie were you watching? I know, it wasn't even a movie. I think it was uh, Queer Eye, the Netflix um, special. Yeah. What was the last movie that made you cry? I don't know. That's a good one. I mean, the last book that made me cry was the heart's invisible furies and i just finished that like last week i mean i like ugly cried i was 10 pages from the end reading it on the bus and i started to cry i had to like close the book and wait till i got home finished the book and then was like (laughs) (laughs) i mean once you cry on national television i think you're you're good so you just cry all the time now and a, a very special one we didn't ask for brooke What's your favorite Chris Lilly show? Um, so clearly, Jemay, Private School Girl. Why didn't you guys get so many title quotes as well? I feel like the title quotes were so bad for your season when you just have you and Brooke being quote machines. Well, <laughs> thank you. Quote machines. I want to use that. I, I told Brooke, uh, and I guess now podcast land, now that I'm telling you, the only thing I didn't get from the race that I wanted was a, an episode from a quote I said. Because, you know, as a fan, you're like, oh, that's, like, so cool. A permanent title is something I said. But, I mean, I'm fine with it. But you're right. I felt like sometimes things that Brooke said were really funny and quotable. And, and I mean, the finale was the guy I was driving with, if you noticed. It wasn't even a contestant. So, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, who, what, who doesn't want to live in a world where it's twins this time is an episode title? <laughs> I love that that is one of the quotes I'm known for. <laughs> I remember about the damn ladder. <laughs> oh, my, oh my god. I forget about the damn ladder. You know, when you're it's funny because I, I want people to kind of think about what it's like to be in those situations. I mean, imagine like you're in the heat of Vietnam. You're dripping wet. You've just done challenges. You're trying to find some place. You have no idea where it is. A camera's in your face. He's on a moped, so he doesn't have to bike. Um, Your partner's screaming behind you. And, like, you kind of say it offhand. You're just like, I'm kind of over today. Like, ugh. I'm saying it really for my own humor. And then to know that it's, like, captured and actually put on the 42-minute production is just, it's hilarious to me. How aware of your snark, especially towards Brooke, were you? I actually held it in a little bit. (laughs) Did you ever think, maybe this is going to make it all to air and I'm going to look like a bit of a dick? Yeah, I think, oh, actually, um, in episode one, depending on who you ask, I come across as a a little bit of a dick because it looks like Brooke is trying to talk to me like in the um, uh, scoot detour. And I'm like, ugh, I'm over this. Um, When in actuality, it was A, I honestly could not hear her. And B, I really was really upset of like, imagine we just like started a couple of hours ago 
and we hadn't seen anyone in six hours and I think we're in last. So it's like, there's a lot of emotions, which I know is the whole point of the show is to get you in that mind space. But it's like that edit made me, um, I realized in while we were filming that I might be coming across as a little bitch. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, Scott Flannery, you need to like bring this back. You, This is not who you are. And all you need to do is think about what you say before you say it. <laughs> and so I, I don't think it really comes out as true snark until episode nine. So I like held it in for like a pretty good time. And then I think nine, 10 and 11, I, I kind of just let it go. I'm just like, I'm cause it, it was more of a frantic, like there is a higher probability we're going to be kicked out because there's such few teams now that I, I didn't take the time to edit myself. I was more like frantic about, we need to do this and this and get here and do this and be done. You know? So it wasn't until the finale when I kind of relaxed because I don't know if this is bad to say my goal was to make it to final three. I know most people are like my goal is to win. And yeah, of course I wanted to win, but like my honest down in my heart goal was I just wanted to go around the world. So um, once we made it, I was a little bit like, all right, like today I just have to perform the best I can. And you know, it is what it is. Um, I truly was excited to be with the other four people we were with. I mean, we, we had a moment in the holding hotel in Korea where we kind of, had our last supper before we went into our own rooms and we just kind of looked at each other and we were like, you know, it's been a road. We didn't know each other three weeks ago. Like two of us will be half millionaires at the end of today. And truly whoever it is like congrats to those people and like just race your heart out, no helping each other, do your own thing. And, and so I think we all come across kind of, that way in the final episode where we're like doing our own thing. We're all a little bit more relaxed, interestingly, because I think we're all just running our own thing and we don't see each other either outside of the subway. So we don't see each other till the end. You're so the far ahead. <laughs> For once, right? The one time we had to be far ahead. Yes, we were, we were about an hour ahead of mom and dad. Um, that ended up being reduced a little bit for production reasons, but yeah, an hour ahead. At what point did you actually start thinking maybe we're going to win? Um, right when we saw mom and dad at the bridge, um, when they were still doing the scavenger hunt portion and we were on our way to the hot dogs, I knew we were in first because I love Lolo, but I was like, there is absolutely no way they're in front of us. Like there's zero chance. They've never been in front of us. The only times they finished in front of us are like a foot race when we were working together the whole episode. So like, they weren't ahead of us, and mom and dad were clearly one entire clue behind. They still had to go to City Hall. So we didn't know if they had the bridge clue yet. So regardless of that, they still had to go all the way to City Hall on foot. And so I went, Brooke, we have just got to just, just march forward. We, I know we still have the memory task, which we will crush whatever it is. So we just got to get to memory, which was, what, two challenges later? It was make, We actually made hot dogs, which didn't make it onto the show. And then, um, and then giving them out for the tickets to Wrigley Field before we got to memory. I feel like there's some Cavino stories as well that he hasn't discussed yet. I feel like you guys have probably got a lot of stories about Joey. Yeah, I mean, I, Joey is... I would love to race like Joey um, to a degree because he came in and he was like, dude, I'm fucking from Boston. I'm gonna drink beer. And like, that was his thing. Like he, in airports, he was drinking beer with his race money. And I'm like, looking at him, like I would never, cause you're in, you know, I was playing a strategy social game the whole time. So I'm 
never going to say this to his face until filming is wrapped. But I'm like, I would never spend my money on that. You're an idiot. Like, who the fuck are you? Like, have you seen this show? Nope. The whole time I'm like, you're funny. That's great. Spend your money. Like, I hope you go bankrupt, right? Um, But it's funny because through my not knowing that type of person in my my typical life, I really grew to love him because I, I value that he is exactly who he is. And even in the, you know, extreme measures of The Amazing Race, he still holds on to who he is and he's not afraid to share that. And I think we, you know, not, I think we can all learn something from that. Yeah. I love Joey. I've made no secret of the fact that I love Joey. He was great when he came on to surprise Logan for the 30 finale. Oh yeah. (laughs) I heard that. (laughs) You all are definitely Joey fans. I love that. What you didn't hear was the utter silence from Logan. Just, I could hear the gears wearing his head just going, I cannot swear right now. But you are a dick. Why have you done this to me? <laughs> I just knew what was coming. <laughs> it's the point where I go and talk to you of, uh, of useless things. Hi, Joey Cavino. And uh, you just go, what? <laughs> <laughs> that made everything worth it. I love that. <laughs> I think it's more about shit than a what? <laughs> and sorry if we're not allowed to curse. I realize I've Oh, don't worry. Times. Okay. How awkward was it at the finish line with Radar shouting at you guys as well? Um, <laughs> I do love how that was one of the behind the scenes in YouTube. Because while well, I was nervous they, they were going to show it just period. And I'm like, ooh, that would really take away from the winning. I mean, it's valid, but it would take away. And then, so I'm glad they put it on YouTube. Um, I, I completely understand where he's coming from. And they kind of got the shit end of the stick. Um, because when they were eliminated, they were the last team to go to sequester. And if I understand it correctly, they didn't even stay that long. They, like, they had to fly all the way. It was in Tuscany our year. So they flew all the way to Tuscany, and then they got there, like, in the middle of the night. And then I think it was less than four actual days, and then they had to fly out. So they didn't really even get, you know, time to enjoy, quote-unquote, enjoy sequester. I mean, if you think about it, Team Fun really got the shit in the end of the stick because they went straight from eliminated to um, sequester outside of sequester. Like, they didn't even go. They just went straight to Final City. Um, right from the hospital to, uh, to Final yeah. City. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I think they actually stayed in Vietnam, and then they just went straight to Chicago early than everyone else. But with that said, uh, yeah, I mean, I understood where he was coming from, and it dampened the win a little bit. But I also knew that, unfortunately, and I do sincerely mean that, he was kind. Of, he and Liz were kind of, the embodiment of what I said I was going to do. So build alliances, cut them when necessary, use the U-turn, all of those things. And and so they just happened to be the team that I did that to, but I also achieved what I wanted to achieve by doing that action. So I was like, okay, I'm going to enjoy my win, but I'm going to let him have this moment to air out his feelings because those are very valid and they're all very true. Um, but, you know, he he didn't speak to, I don't, I can't speak for Brooke, Brooke um, but he wouldn't even speak to me or look me in the eye um, until the cast reunion, which was in November. We filmed in July and we re- made a reunion in November. And by then we really hit it off again and, and things okay. were good. I would ask if you have any regrets, but I know the answer. <laughs> I mean, interestingly, I mean, no is the answer. But interestingly, when I look back on it, I'm like, I wish there was a part of me that didn't stay in the game the entire time because I know there's a lot of racers who are like, I'm here to enjoy the experience and 
you know, this, that, and the other. And meanwhile, you've got this super fan who's been watching this and the other two uh, CBS shows for over, what, 20 years? Eight, 15, 20 years? 18. Watching the 18, thank you. With a critical eye of like, if I ever get on, this is what I'll do. And I'll react this way and I'll do this. And, you know, so once I'm in that opportunity, I just could not turn my brain off. So even when we were sequestered between episodes and even when we were in downtime in the airports, my mind was 100% on thinking about the next conversation, how I needed to handle Brooke, you know, what we were going to do in the next episode, whatever. Um, and it wasn't until we finished interviews for the finale and we were taken to our hotel for the very final night we stayed in Chicago where I just, my brain shut off and we were having a cast party where we were all like, you know, socializing. They gave us two, two drinks each. Thanks CBS. Um, and I was the first one to leave. Right. Yeah. And Joey was trying to get more drink tickets. It was hilarious. And I'm like, you're, you're not, but go ahead. Um, everyone was talking about sequester stories and, you know, the final five were talking about like, what it was like when everyone had left and gone to sequester and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and it, that's all sounds fine. And like, keep in mind by this point, I had never met Francesca. Oh my God. I totally went to survivor for that. Francesca. Franny? <laughs> my Fran. I never Francesca. met. Her. Yeah. I spoke one sentence to her from the start line till that finish line cast party. And I was like, I really need to get to know you, but I'm tired. And I actually asked um, our handlers if I could go to bed because my mind finally shut off and I was exhausted. Were there any non-CBS shows that you watched as well, other than Who Done It? Um, oh, well, The Mole. Love The Mole. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen that one, no. <laughs> We're making Brooke watch it. Oh, are you? Yeah. I have so much to catch up on, by the way. I have to apparently watch International Big Brothers because they're better than American. I have to watch International Survivors. You need to watch Belgian Mole. Belgian Mall? Okay. Trust us. Make it number one on your priority list. We decided to cover it mainly because I've been pestering Logan for years to, to do it this year. And we ended up it ended up being so much fun that we spoke to the host. Oh, I did hear about you doing that. Oh, he, he was the best. He is is the he best. better than Anderson Cooper? Because of his love and dedication to the series, I might be leaning more towards yes. Yeah, he, he's like Jeff Probst if Jeff Probst actually knew what the show should be. Oh, burn. He show runs it as well. But, like, he just... He has such a love for the show anyway, and then, like, he doesn't just force himself on the show. Mm-hmm. Like Probes does. He was their second longest interview. He was, yeah. After Brooke? <laughs> Gilles talked to us for two and a half hours, and that was only because he had to um, to then go and deal with recording the reunion the next day. Oh, I like how they do reunions. On some of these shows, like The Mole. Because then you can talk about, oh, this happened, this didn't happen. I hate you. Okay. <laughs> I love how some of my friends in, in real life, they're like, is there going to be a reunion special? Are we going to find out what happens when Mike and Liz hate you? And I go, nope. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> the plot in their demise, Liz. <laughs> you give the best impression. Yeah, we're the only show without a reunion. It sucks. Well, Big Brother doesn't really have a proper reunion. Nah, Which is enough after watching it for so long. Cody, you're America's favorite. Now go on the amazing race. Get out of here. Four <laughs> days oh later. God. Right? So annoying. I want to know who was cut for their spot. I mean, they are champions. 
despite the fact they placed 12 and a half on average. Oh my god. I can't. I can't with them. I think Cam was supposed to be on it, but he was cut. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> supposed to be a team of uh, Cam and Giles. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Giles is champion of the ballroom and Cam is champion of whodunit. <laughs> Did you all ever ask, was it Jen who you had as your first interview? Because I'm, I'm still in the middle of it. Yeah, Jen. Did you ask her you know, why they didn't target Big Brother for U-turns? I don't think we did, actually. We tried to minimize the chat about them because we made a point during during the coverage of not mentioning them at any point. Right. I know. I'm sorry. This is all my fault. I guess when I found they were when I found out they were cast, I'm just like, okay, if anyone is remotely a fan of this show, they will know to U-turn them every time they can. And they, they didn't. They just ruined the entire season because their stupid little shithead fans were spoiling everything. And that was the other thing. I think there's like a, a a respectful way to report on where the race is around the world, and then there's the obnoxious way, uh, which is what happened. The spamming the Facebook groups to the point where I was completely spoiled on the final three, to the point where pretty much every admin of Amazing Race fans was spoiled on the final three. Yep. And I heard stories, too, from some of the, that cast that um, because Big Brother is so huge... Cody and Jessica were essentially celebrities and people would give them correct information, i.e. directions, and give other teams incorrect information. Oh yeah, it happened in the finale. People tried to sabotage Christy and Jen. Yeah, I think that... I mean, that is, that is like, admittedly within the rules of the game. It's you ask the general public and they can tell you right or wrong answers. But it just really pisses me off that it was done out of malice. Like, it wasn't done out of, I honestly don't know where this place is. It was like, I don't want you to win because I don't know who you are. Yeah, it was just irritating. Yeah, which I will say, it was it was funny because I knew the finale for this season was coming, and I can say where it is. Well, it's not in Seattle, I'll just say that. I, there was a rumor it was Seattle was one of the targeted cities, and so I was like, okay, I know what day it's going to film. How hilarious if I am just like randomly out, because there's only so many places they would film here, and I would just see the because i knew who the final three were and i would like pick my favorite and like tell them the right answer and then tell everyone else the wrong answer i could influence the winner you know that would be horrible and i would never do that but it's just when you think about it you're like wow that like it can be influenced that easily i mean when we do actually discuss 31 there's a lot that i have to say about the finale location because it was heavily spoiled oh yeah yeah, they, oh, yeah. they were even posting about it on Reddit. Everyone knew it was going to be Detroit. Okay, you said it, not me. <laughs> but yeah, when when it was announced that it was Detroit, I was just like, first of all, why? I mean, no offense. Like, it, it okay, maybe maybe I did just offended Detroitans. Um, but I'm just like, that's not a city I think of when I'm like, there's like 50 million things to go see and do that would be splashy on TV. Um, but anyway, apparently they had a problem with a permit. So that's why it was spoiled, the memory challenge. They had a film in public. They had a, a uh, an issue with so many musicians or something, I think it was. Oh, okay. Which is, I mean, that's like a great demonstration of, you know, even production runs into issues. When I when I was doing my nerding, nerding out and asking production, like behind the scenes questions, they're like, yeah, you think we have it all together and like, we honestly are just people too. Like sometimes it just fucks up, even though it's a TV show. Oh, 
Did you guys beat Tara and Joey by such a large margin because Joey and Tara couldn't afford any more taxis due to how much money Joey spent on booze throughout the race? <laughs> like he just had to walk across uh, Chicago. Couldn't yeah, even they, afford the metro. They actually... <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And they're marathon runners, so they were able to just reduce that lead you know, to, to 45 minutes or so. <laughs> run the Boston. Yeah. He, uh, have you ever Googled his name? I don't think I have. Do I want yeah. to? Is it just yeah, going to well, be somebody in a random ditch somewhere? Yeah, he... he I don't think he ever talked about it, um, in, except maybe with me. I'm sure he's told Rado because they're like best friends and Tara. But yeah, he was one of the first responders to the um, marathon bombing incident. Oh yeah, he was, wasn't he? Because then he ran the Boston Marathon in tribute last uh, the year after, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I vaguely remember him saying that. Okay, I don't know if he he enjoys talking about that or you know wants that to be known or whatnot. But I think it is worth mentioning that there's an example of the Joey we didn't get to see. Um, he's definitely, you know, of of a warm heart and and humbled. That is somebody who would actually be cast on uh, Heroes Edition. Exactly, <laughs> that would be a good reason to cast him. Absolutely. Yeah, I have no doubt that when I inevitably go back to Boston, he will put me on an ice rink and fire hooks at me but he'll he'll be fun doing it he'll be fun to be around <laughs> i can't wait to see him because he he is doing the whole reality tv circuit um he is really into it and i go joey like before our season even aired you didn't even have a facebook and he goes yeah i'm copying you i go me and he goes yeah this is like your world i'm just living in it apparently he thinks i'm like the model reality tv like, this is what you should do. Uh, but I have to say, the uh, I guess the student has surpassed the teacher because he is really, like, going to all the charity events and, like, uh, getting into all the podcasts and staying relevant. And, you know, kudos to him. He's doing great. He beat you <laughs> to this podcast. <laughs> oh, he did? Yeah, he, he crashed the 30 finale, didn't he? That's right. To roast Logan for half an hour on the same day that he posted an anti-bullying blog post. Oopsies. <laughs> well i hope you all got your money's worth i feel like i only spoke to you an hour and, and like i'm one third of brooke so you know so is there anything that you you want everyone to know the floor is kind of yours other than who you prefer out of me and logan <laughs> i love my friends equally <laughs> <laughs> no choosies pageant answer uh-huh um you know no i, I guess i'll just say i i you know, I really enjoy hearing these interviews with other contestants, too, because it's once you're kind of in this, quote unquote, family, you know what it means to to like go back to normal life or to have that moment of stress for three and a half weeks or whatnot. And then to share that experience with fans because it's intriguing to, to you all and you get a thrill out of it. And it's just such a pleasure to be like to go from one side of the fence to the other. I just I feel so humbled by it i'm so excited um and that you know i'm really appreciative that you chose me to interview and and i just always love talking about it and even if survivor never works out i still had my moment and it's been such a joy so thanks for letting me reminisce with you today oh no worries i think it's a slightly different situation for you as well because you talked so much about amazing race on your podcast oh yeah (laughs) my now retired podcasts like, you and Sam were dedicating at least half of your episodes to just talking about Amazing Race. Yeah, well, we thought, you know, we actually started that podcast um, 
before she was one of the few friends who knew I was going on TV. She didn't know for what show. And, um, and she was like, well, you're going to do a project. And she's a, she's a working actress who actually has things in the works and things already completed. She's like, why don't we just create a podcast? Cause we both wanted to do that. And we can use our projects as a way of, you know, jettisoning off this project. So that, so we knew we were going to spend half the time on what quote unquote, whatever show I was on. <laughs> Me, she did not know the boot order. So I was like, yeah, I guess we could just record however long I'm on the show. <laughs> Couple weeks. Yeah, maybe like two we'll, or three. We'll, we'll barely beat the guy who busts who busts the windows and then we'll be out sometime <laughs> after that. Which she honestly didn't think I was gonna win. So I it's funny that she's like, Oh, so next week will probably be our last week. I'm like, Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Depending if we have twins or not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but oh and kudos to you all and michelle like as the facebook moderators too I've, I've been meaning to tell you that you're doing a great job of not only like trying to prevent spoilers but also like keeping everyone in line i mean people get crazy yeah it's been way quieter than it was for 30 thankfully oh good this time I had notifications on for every single post that was posted, so I knew as soon as people were posting stuff, and we shut that shit down within about half an hour any time someone accidentally revealed things. So I feel like it's been kept reasonably contained this time. And it's I feel like they got all their anger out in 29 because the like hatred hasn't like come back either. Yeah, which I would rather you guys were remembered. <laughs> exactly, exactly, me too. I'll take it. Legends never die. Ooh. I think that's, no, I think you, I'm going to attribute that to you. That's your quote now. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. let's do that. Not Babe Ruth and the Sandlot. It'll just be me on this podcast. Penny's <laughs> temporary elimination is forever. Oh, my God. That's such a attribute to me. Literally, the moment she said that, I was like, wait a beat before you say anything. So they get the, the sound bite. And then I was like, Brooke, that was an amazing episode title. <laughs> and uh, what's funny is we learned to talk that way too because I would say something that I thought was cute and she would come in right at the end of it and I would look at her and she goes oh you want your sound bite say it again and then I would just for my own sake just in case they wanted it so thank you for listening to this amazing race podcast if you've got any questions feel free to contact us on our Facebook page Reality TV Warriors on our Twitter account RTV Warriors our own Twitter pages MJ Armstrong for me Logs of Guaraki for Logan and how do you spell yours uh, Scott? S C O T T F L A N A. I spelled it wrong. Oh, man. Just remember it's canary with an F L. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Flannery spelled like canary. S C O T T F L A N A R Y. Boom. See you next time. Bye. Peace, Peace out and just chill till the <laughs> next interview. Oh, my God. I wasn't even expecting you to fuck up your own name. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. I got very excited. <laughs>